is on the block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakoven. I love Billy's team. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Just like the Huskers are flexing in the transfer portal, we're on the Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream flexing as well as uh, we get going here. Another week of On the Block. I'm Jake Bachman. He is the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet Eric Strickland, and we are off and running. We have Steve Simple of, of Early Break, uh, of course, with Sip and Jake uh, here every morning, 6 to 8. He'll be joining us here about 425. Shootout with Strick, as always, uh, hitting the hardwood into the next hour. Uh, so NBA talk, uh, a lot of lot of different things to go through. But obviously, the big news of the weekend is Husker football um, doing well in the portal. And it might not stop now. There's, uh, there's uh, probably not at least verifiable sources, um, but at least there are <laughs> Twitter rumors of perhaps Marcus Washington joining his old quarterback uh, from the University of Texas and, and coming in with Casey Thompson and uh, helping that receiver core as well. But the big news here is over the weekend is Stephen Wynn, Stephon Wynn Jr., uh, the backup down there at Alabama. He's got two years left to play, coming to play for Nebraska. And uh, obviously, Strick, I'll start with that. Where where do you see him as as far as a guy that hasn't played too much at Alabama? I mean, he's he got his he got in his snaps and his rotation minutes here and there. Um, do you think that that projects onward to a starting position here at Nebraska, or do you think you know with, with Devin Drew and Ty Robinson? I mean, it's going to be difficult to to nail that down right away. be real you can weigh it i mean it's like it's not like he came from ball state it's not like he came from uh syracuse it's not you know yeah so you can weight it and and, and i'm gonna throw a little shank in there it's not like he came from virginia tech that's right, right. <laughs> <laughs> week school so like i know that. i know i know nate's gonna like that one but <laughs> he's come from a program and it's very understandable as to why he you know maybe he was just getting rotation i mean the kid is He's uh he's 6'4", 307 pounds. He got 82 snaps in his rotation. Well, 68 in his rotation, and he also did uh, like punts and kicks and extra points, and so he got about 82 of those. But uh, at the end of the day, that's why I say you can wait it. Um, you know, this, the work still has to be done. You have to come in. You still have to put down and lay the gauntlet down and say this is this is mine. But the door is open for it to be one. I mean, there's a lot of guys with inexperience there. This is a guy that comes from a program where there's not just a rotation, but there is a constant cycle of five stars, four star defensive linemen. I mean, they're going to have a first round first pick potentially at that defensive line there. So it isn't like they're a bunch of busters. I mean, they're they They haven't been the perennial defense that they've had in the past where they've there been cornerback and defensive back you and 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 linebacker you, but they've consistently put out guys at the position on both sides of the line, uh, both offensively and defensively, that have had some success. So at that, I mean, that's where you've got to look at that. that's a positive. 
that's a win for the University of Nebraska. No pun intended. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not just his name. It's a win. And so I, I love the fact that they were able to pull this off. I mean, it was kind of some speculation being that, you know, the you know two of them came in at the same time and, and came on a recruiting visit. But when you look at it, they needed to shore up that position and they did it with, you know, a four star guy. He was what um, I think they said he was rated the 74th in 2018, the 74th overall player. Now, I mean, look, we understand that numbers and stars don't matter in the in the, in the in the brink of things, but the kid played. So it's not like he was a buster or a bust. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he was the number three strong side defensive end in his class. So it's he has pedigree. He has uh, shown that he's able to do a job. And, and therefore, um, that's a huge, you know, shore of depth in that position that Nebraska surely needed, you know, <laughs> desperately needed. And so to land him was a great win, I think, for them. Yeah, I think as, as we start to look at it here, again, I look at the inside of that defensive line now. I mean, that kid could have went anywhere, Bach. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he could have yeah. went, I mean, went anywhere. So but a lot of people are interested it, in Alabama. Yeah. And, yeah. and Nebraska landed two of them. Um, again, it doesn't really? always, you know, translate to, to the most success. We're still, again, seeing Tyreek Johnson, um, the Ohio State five-star kid, looking to try to get on the field. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But I guess the, the point is there, the lesson learned there, is that it might not happen right away. Um, but this is this is a guy that's been getting snaps, too. So I look for him to, to kind of shore up that defensive line. Like I said, I don't know if that means he's a starter, though, because that's how well right. Nebraska's done with their defensive line, is, is that Devin Drew has been a two-year starter. He's started Sorry. in two mm -hmm. separate years. Uh, uh, Ty Robinson, obviously, is a staple on our defensive line, the only one that was kind of left for Nebraska. Um, Nash Hutmacher, another guy that is kind of coming up. Uh, and so, you know, you kind of think of those as kind of the defensive tackles for Nebraska. Um, I, You know, I don't know if you have maybe Hutmacher kind of fills that role closer to Damian Daniels when you do have your kind of 3-4 type of uh, type of formations out there. It sounds like they're going to go more to 4-3 than they have in the past, and they did quite a bit of that last year too. Um, but uh, in the Big Ten, obviously, you're going to have to have those bruisers, those big guys up the middle that are going to be able to stop the run. And Nebraska's turned around again from when you lost KC Rogers to going, man, they just have young guys and, and projects, and that's not going to work in the Big Ten, um, to what they've been able to do is, is a, an incredible turnaround. Uh, another talking point people have had, though, that, that's kind of interesting with with it is that Nebraska is now two over the scholarship limit. And if Marcus Washington right. accepts uh, his scholarship as well, it would be three. So we're kind of thinking maybe you might have uh, some guys leave throughout the summer should, you know, usually happens naturally. Maybe they don't have a plan for it. It just might, you know, a guy leave here or there. Um, but the other thing is, and, and maybe it's a, uh, a probability for the future is uh, do what BYU's doing. You know, get a get a donor to step in there, pay pay the scholarship cost for a walk on, um, and then then you're covered. I I don't know. You know, people with with NIL are kind of thinking that could be the future, and, and nobody's really getting mad at BYU because how how mad could you be about giving somebody on the team a scholarship? You know, it's, but it, it people would would talk about fairness and different um, camps that can do this or that. I just don't think you're, people are too. I, I guess most people nationally aren't too worried about. It because there's only you know 22 spots to fill as far as starters. Um, so as as much as Alabama is the dominant power or, or Miami or whoever you know USC spending all their money, 
even if they bought a bunch of walk-ons that were scholarship players, you could have 200 guys, and you're still going to play about the same amount of guys. So um, I guess yeah. that's why that concern kind I think of it's going to be pretty organic. I mean, the summer is now kicked off. School is out. Uh, guys are going to start wearing, weighing their options. Um, it could be that you got to think that the rotation now, that the room in itself is going to be a lot of competition in there. You know, whereas they were pretty tired when you were, you were hearing about over the summer and spring game and stuff like that, you saw that there were guys that were probably a little tired and, and they were getting a lot of reps. and That's good for them. I think that's good that they were able to get some of those young guys a lot of reps um, in, in, the spring, in, the, in the spring season. But now you're going to get some guys who are seasoned that are going to come in. Uh, they're going to be able to understand what is needed and what is necessary in the, um, you know, on the defense uh, from the coordinators, and then uh, they're going to go out there and compete, and and that's what I'm I'm excited about the competition, just all across the board. Um, I'm looking forward to just seeing what they're going to be able to do uh, in the in there. I mean, I think it's going to be an organic thing, though. When you know the scholarships and and, and those, I think it's going to be a natural tale. You're going to get guys um, in different positions that are just going to say, "Dang, it's just it's just not working for me. It's not it's not a good fit for me," and they may buy out. But some may say, hey, you know, I'm going to embrace the competition and I'm going to fight it out and I'm going to battle and uh, the best man wins. And I love that. I've always loved that. Compete. Bang it out. Yeah, it's also interesting to see, you know, if if they do have some guys leave there, if it might be, you know, and and I don't want to like name names, but like those those guys, I'm not saying these guys are potential transfers. I'm just saying like a Marquise Black or Jalen Weaver, guys that were were kind of right there and think, okay, well, here's my chance because everybody's transferred and I know I'm young and I in Mm -hmm. in developing Roquan Buckley, throw him in there. Most I knew some Um, just guys that were looking to get a lot more playing time before these uh, these transfer portal additions. I'm sure they were probably coached about it all along, you know, kind of saying, hey, guys, we, we like where you're at, but um, you're still pretty young. It's, you know, you need this a grown man league and all that. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and hopefully they were they were kind of told about that. Like the goal is to get some veteran help in here and we'll still try to rotate you guys in it when you're ready. Um, but, you know, this isn't. I uh, believe. Yeah, this isn't, uh, you know, like second grade. You know, at a certain point you have to go, well, mm-hmm. we need to win games. It's not so much that mm-hmm. we're just trying to get everybody to play. So I know mm-hmm. they understand that realization. But I, I mean, when you talk about mm-hmm. something naturally happening, um, the natural part of that sometimes is when you're somebody, you, you know, you're recruited over. And so I believe that I there was a that. conversation. I, I, there's yeah. no doubt. I believe that those conversations were had. Um, I also believe that they're going to allow them to to still fight. I also believe that they've probably sat down with them and showed them film, broke down film with them, showed them where there's lacking. I, I mean, like I could have seen many of situations in the spring game where there were there was breakdowns in in guys were blown off the ball, not by first team guys, but by. And, and they probably showed him some film. Hey, hey, this this can't happen, young fella. I mean, look, this is what we're asking of you. You've got to step up and and fill that gap or you've got to step up and get off that that block a little bit better because this that can't happen with us. And, and you know, so I'm sure they're having those conversations and they're breaking down film and they're showing them statistically, you know, where there was some deficiencies at. And they're trying to really work those things out. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that those 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 things happen.
Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to get to with you is that the Big Ten, we've been talking about different models um, that the Big Ten could use moving forward with the Pac-12 eliminating divisions, the ACC, and not officially doing it, but uh, heavy whispers that they're leaning that way. Nobody knows what's going to happen with the SEC once those two, Texas and Oklahoma, the powerhouses, join in 2025. Are, how are they going to you know, kind of arrange things until then? Um, but the Big Ten's kind of left out there uh, looking like it's the, the lone team that or lo- lone uh, conference that would go with you know, eight, uh, seven team divisions. Uh, and so they're experimenting with going with something else. And then we've seen today uh, the future schedules drop off the Husker website, drop off a couple other websites on uh, on, you know, across the Big Ten, you know, the Big Ten website, too, I believe. Um, so it's looking like there's some movement there. What would you like to see? What would be ideal for you if they're going to eliminate divisions? Do you kind of like the 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 Pac-12 big I guess I guess we got to give the Big 12 the model here uh where they have the two best teams with the best winning percentages going and play the only difference there is that the Big 12 is small enough at this point to play round robin where the Pac-12 won't be so you, you know you kind of got to figure out your schedule within that model yeah I actually like the percentage model I like that you know you go out you win games you handle your business in conference whoever that may be wherever that may be. And at the end of the day, the two best is going to battle it out, whether it's two best in the East, if it's a Michigan or whatever. I think it, it I think it positioned guys even better for bowl games. I think it makes it uh, even better for them in those positions as well to get some of the better bowl games. If you win your, your conferences, you step up and you handle yourself in conference. I think it can put you in a, in a solid position to land those. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'd like the I like the percentage model. I like, you know, Hey, go out, handle your business. I don't know how soon that can happen. I would estimate within the next few years, possibly. I think they'll maybe do some teasers and some tests, you know, in the upcoming year or two. And then, uh, you know, lay down the final uh, model and see what what best fits for the Big Ten. Uh, you know, I, I would even be looking at, um, you know, potential additions. Who who could we add uh, to make it even bolder in, in the Big Ten? Um, I would be looking at all those those types of options to try to figure out that because the, it'll it'll make the conference stronger. Yeah, it is interesting if, if expansion kind of pops up up again. Uh, it's kind of nice to let the, the dust settle and kind of see the teams where they're at. But, of course, that's going to change with the SEC going to a super conference. You think um, the Big Ten, who is the most you know competitive with the SEC on the field and off the field as far as money goes, um, might want to try to keep up with them. The problem is... Like your next your next move is an important one, right? I mean, because that's what they did when you add when you when they went back there and they added, uh, you know, Maryland in Northwestern or excuse me, Maryland and Rutgers. Um, you know, that's that's not the biggest additions overall um, compared to the SEC, which was adding Missouri and Texas A&M or, you know, the Pac-12. So all these different schools are, you know, you got to you got to make the right choices, what I'm saying. And there's not a whole lot of powers out there left outside of Notre Dame. I, I tell you what I would like to see. I would like to see a double clip, right? You've got to figure that Colorado's got to feel some kind of way that they haven't been able to emerge in the Pac, Pac-12 since they went over there. Um, maybe some competition in basketball, uh, but their their football program as a whole has suffered. Um, I, I, I think if you can clip a, a Colorado and if you can clip Missouri back, Bring back the original Big Eight, couple of them, and then you know look to bolster yourself and, and hopefully their programs. I'm 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 sure they've got to feel, especially Missouri in the in the uh, in this SEC, just 
kind of just fallen into uh, the doldrums of of the conference, and and maybe they can feel they can compete and emerge in in a better way, uh, recruiting and all of that out of the uh, you know getting into the Big Ten. I would love to see a, a, a double clip of those types of being that you know they're adding Texas and they're adding Oklahoma. Well, you know maybe Missouri feels maybe we can jump in and get some of this good money that's over here. But maybe they still like it. They they like the money that they're getting. They might still continue to like the beatings that they're getting. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I would I would think you can just add those two back and you know put yourself in a good position to compete again. Yeah, that'd be cool to take one from the SEC. That's not one. That's not one that we often think of. But um, just because they're getting similar money to, to to the Big Ten, so it's like maybe you're making a lateral move there. But on the field, perhaps you do. They would see it uh, a little bit easier. I just don't know if I. I don't know if I'd expect them to, to make the move, but obviously a lot of it comes down to what, what can you offer? And so maybe the Big Ten can kind of put to, together a package that entices a Missouri there. But even then, like that helps Nebraska fans. It helps regional games. Um, but it's just the, the that that's what made the Texas-Oklahoma edition so jarring was it was just kind of like, my goodness, those are powers. Um, you know, so it's almost like regardless of what you do, unless you get Notre Dame are they powers? and USC or something. Well, traditionally they are, and uh, <laughs> brand-wise they still are. Um, so, and <laughs> certainly Texas has struggled on the field. But I, I want to throw something out here, Bach, because I, I, you know, I've been seeing people talk about this, and I think it's something that's interesting to really think about, right? You know that Quinn Ewers, Ewers has made the leap and he's gone back to Texas. And but how? What you think is he got to be feeling some kind of way? Because at the end of the day, they're they're lobbying hard to get Archie Manning. Oh yeah, they're, I mean, so you're coming back and they're lobbying hard for an additional guy to come in a year or two after you, a year after you. And you're just now getting back and they're throwing serious NIL looks at him to get him to Texas. And a lot of things uh, that are being said out there is that that would be a good move for him legacy wise. So how would that how would that look and what would that competition be? Or will we see Quinn Ewers do another jump or will he accept the competition, <laughs> which he didn't do very well up in uh, Ohio State? Or is he going to be the NIL uh, super jumper that <laughs> just yeah. keeps jumping with the money? I just think it's just something to throw out there. 402-464-5685. What do y'all think? I mean, yeah. I just, I've just i just been kind of listening and, and, and observing and, and checking out everything. But he's just now, they're talking about taking over the team. And they're already looking for the next guy. So Yeah, we want to hear from you. Uh, let us know on the Sutter Hammond text line, 402 464 Five six eight five. I can't wait. I mean, Quinn Ewers has definitely penciled in as the starter there. Hudson Card, who gave Casey Thompson uh, quite a run for his money as far as starting out there at Texas, still there. So, I mean, we could see, you know, the veteran in that case win the battle, even though he's only played one year. But uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, certainly, I mean, he could be the next Tate Martell, who <laughs> was highly recruited. Turns out... Probably shouldn't have been. Um, so mm -hmm. we'll kind of see how it turns out. But there are high expectations for him. And I think if you're at a place like Texas or USC or uh, Oklahoma, I mean, you throw Ohio State, Oklahoma in there, Texas, um, you know, you you know they're getting a, a top four or five star coming in every year. So the competition cannot be something that you're too afraid of. Uh, let's take a quick break here on the block before we get to Steve's, Steven Siffle of early break here on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, we'll catch up with him, let him and ask him, 
about uh, the future of the, the conference. Is the Big Ten West almost dead? Uh, how about these portal additions? Uh, is the defensive line now a strength of the team? Those sort of things. We'll uh, catch up with Sip on here next on The Block on 93.7 The Ticket.